welcome back to the block party that is the dungeon master's block the place where we come to talk about the dungeon master the most important person in the game the only person capable of playing god killing characters and lowering the egos of all the players at the table i'm one of your hosts dungeon master mitch and i'm dungeon master chris and welcome back to another episode of the dm's block today we are going to be talking about never-ending stories and what we mean by that is stories campaigns that never end or end too early and aren't ever concluded and what the reasons are for that and how you can go about having your stories come to an actual end actual conclusion why you should strive for that uh, we're going to be talking about that in this upcoming episode but before we do that chris we have some shout outs why yeah, would you do the first one yeah we have one from canada this time it's from dm matt he writes great ideas great stories five stars he says nothing better to get the creative juices flowing than this podcast or if there is <laughs> nobody told me about it so thank you dm matt yeah, we appreciate you, matt. that review. we love hearing uh, reviews from of course America, but we also love hearing it from Canada and the UK. And if you've written Australia, us a, yeah, if you've written us a review and we haven't seen it because you have to click on every single there's like there's like 120 yeah. some countries. Let us know. To Write to us. Hopefully in English. <laughs> we'll translate it, I guess, if we can. Google but Translate us, messes up hey, sometimes. Hey, I wrote you an <laughs> iTunes review when you haven't done it yet, so let us know. Yeah. Our next review comes from Pikachu's Trainer, and it's entitled Love This Podcast. Five stars. This podcast is great and full of so many ideas for DMs old and new. I would recommend it to my players <laughs> also, but I don't want them to hear the ideas that I'm going to use. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. They're like, oh, you stole this from the Dungeon Master. Yeah, like, right, right. Uh, there is a special podcast for them, though, the Players Edition yep, one that we did. Yep, so you can go tell them to listen to that and say, don't listen to anything else. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's get to story time. Story time. The time during the episode where we talk about what happened last week during our campaigns. Our favorite moments where we learned about ourselves and what we learned about each other. Please join us now as we enjoy story time. And we played my campaign. This is actually the third time we're recording this story time because yes, we've is. had some computer issues. But it's a great story time, so we're we're ready to jump in and tell it once again. So we played my campaign, and uh, where we left off, the door that you guys have been on this quest for the gods, and you've been trying to open this door. Well, you finally got this door open. You got the key. You opened up this door, but you didn't go through yet because nope. a voice came in your heads and basically said, "Don't go in here until you're absolutely ready <laughs> until for it." Until you're absolutely ready. So, so we took that as like we're probably not ready for what's ever through the door. So we had Wesley cover it up, throw some illusion magic over the mountain so if people walked by they're just like oh there's nothing there no worries we're good so we left the door hanging wide open and decided to go back to south far and buy some items buy some potions buy whatever we thought we needed in order to do this quest and do it well take care of all your affairs whatever you got yeah yeah so we went back and we decided we were going to check on the riders of shamesh see how things were going in south far the south far we everything wasn't got back. great, but everything wasn't bad. Well, either. we had we had a new sort of child intern person there, an um, orphan he was who an just orphan showed who, up and wouldn't leave. Yep, showed up and wouldn't leave, and he single handedly helped some adults get the Riders of Shemesh out of the red and 
got but us why into was the he, black. Why was he helping? Because you left Jerry in charge. Yeah, I left Jerry in charge, and Jerry's an <laughs> idiot. Uh, he's probably the dumb... Oh, Jerry. He's uh, in prison. Why is that? Uh, because if you remember listening way back, he tried to start running a lucrative blue-toed drug business <laughs> out of the back of the Riders of Shemesh. Character-wise, I didn't know this. Player-wise, I was pissed because I was like, <laughs> I'm trying to start this Riders of Shemesh, and Jerry is going to single-handedly take down this make whole riding game. Yeah, he's going to make a drug cartel out of the back of here. So he got caught, I'm ended up in, in prison, jail. and I was just like, oh. Well, we got the Riders of Shemesh already. Maybe we could start doing some rehab while we're here for drug addicts that are in prison. So maybe we can start some sound, some sort of counseling program within the prison itself for, for drug addicts. I met, started meeting with Jerry, meeting with Jerry, and he was just kind of like, so are you going to get me out of here? I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to get you out of here because you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I started talking with him, started working with him, and I said, you know what? I've worked something out with the warden that if you were to start helping drug addicts get through rehab and do like all of the stuff that they want you to do, you might be able to get out on good behavior and whatever else they might be able to pull to get you out. And so he was like, I'll do whatever I want. He was He's, desperate. He was very, very desperate. <laughs> and so you asked me to get some guy who was yep. maybe able to help him yep, do who this. Might be I'm like, like, yeah, there's not too much drug rehab yeah, in this he city. Might, he might be like an apothecary uh, or something. So I need an NPC name. And like you're, I'm like, I don't know, Chris, give me a name. It was, yeah, and I was, like, I was like, Smitty Witty Wargerman Jensen. You just said a joke. And I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Which, of course, yeah. he had a ridiculous accent Yes, he then. did. <laughs> oh, I'm going to help you. <laughs> yeah, get, pretty much. Get you out of drug rehab. And so we had Smitty Witty. Witty Wergerman Jensen that is now trying to start a counseling program within the prison of South Far for drug addicts to go through rehab and possibly turn their life around. So you got that going on. This kid whose name is Fen, yep. uh, you have pretty much love him. Your character yep. loves I, him. He's, and he's very business minded. And so I was like, well, I'm going to do something promise. to solidify. Yeah, great promise in this kid. And then so I was like, I'm going to do something to solidify his place here in the Riders of Shemesh. And so I have a griffin now. So I was like, my riding dog is just sitting back in Argonmore. I'm going to send for it, have it come back over here and give it to Fen as kind of like, you know what? I want you to be the next person to lead the Riders of Shemesh when you come of age to be able to do that. So I gave him my dog. He was thrilled. I don't know if he knows how to ride anything yet, but <laughs> he'll learn. He'll learn. He'll learn. And from there, we really didn't do anything else. Well, the reason um, why your story is so full and the other characters are not so full is because they crafted. Oh yeah, they they were doing crafting stuff. Yeah. Pretty much a month. Yes, it was I think it was two months because I think yeah. we went through like <laughs> eight weeks long. worth of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but finally, you guys head off to the door. So you make your way back to the door, and you and your companions decide. It's time to step through. It is time, as Rafiki would say. <laughs> and so you guys step through, and you're hit by this blinding light, and all of a sudden you're in this, not a room, just this it's open... A vacant white space yeah, in and somewhere. I basically told you guys, think of that scene in The Matrix where it's like the unloaded program. Yeah, the, yeah the, like where <laughs> you're waiting you for the next program to load. Yeah. So you guys are looking around, you're like, uh, what do we do I, now? At that point, I thought, the, the, I thought of the <laughs> SpongeBob. <laughs> I thought of the SpongeBob episode where Squidward is traveling back and forth in time, <laughs> and he goes, future and it's like <laughs> all the bubbles go all over the place i was thinking like maybe if we do that that'd be kind of cool but we entered in the door that's what we saw and then off in the distance after a little while i don't remember if it, i don't think you made us roll a spot check or anything maybe you did 
I don't you know. were like, there's, you see something off in the distance. It looks like four tiny pillars that are sticking up out of the ground. And so we're like, well, it's kind of the only thing <laughs> we the see. Only thing, yeah. The door's gone. Yeah, the, so, the door that you came through was yeah, gone. Yeah, it's gone. So it's like, well, I guess that's where we have to go next. It kind of just makes sense. And so we walked over there, and it was kind of cool because we walked up to them, and they, they were four pillars sticking out of the ground. They were all about our height. They each had a symbol they on it. They each had a symbol on them that was representative of the god that we followed. And so I had one of Yandala. Grouthoof had one of Celestian. Torque Torque had, had one, one of, Kord. of Kord. And Rix had a symbol of a triangle. He had the Triforce on it. <laughs> Why do you think he had a triangle on it? It's the Triforce. <laughs> well, who does he worship? Link. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're frustrating. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's the problem. He doesn't. He doesn't worship a single god. I, so I almost wonder, he had this weird like triangle. Well, because I know when we had the the arena, there were four gods, and he mm-hmm. went to three of the gods. I don't know if yeah. this is probably me thinking way too much into what happened, but he went to Cord, he went yep. to Pelor, and he went to Istis. Istis, yep. I think. Istis. And there was one that he didn't go to. So I'm wondering if the triangle has three points because he went to three gods i'm like Let's i don't see. know we'll find out and so on these pillars there was equipment for each of you and so all of you got a couple things you got these shimmering cloaks yep. they look like it was made out of diamonds yep. and it helped your ac it's a pretty sweet cloak yeah. you had a, a little vial of clear liquid which player wise you guys know what it is yeah character wise you yep. don't know what it yep. is yep. you guys will find out what it is i'm sure though that's out. not good you news. each had a ring of sustenance yep. in which you weren't very you're very skeptical yeah on we'll get to that you part. detected I, magic yeah. you identified that it was a ring well Groudhoof identified yep. it was a ring of sustenance and there was something there was, else going on in magic something there. else that we had no idea you're what it very was. skeptical of magic chris and crew are, yes. are both very skeptical. Very skeptical of, of magic, especially when I'm not wielding it. That's yeah. <laughs> that's when I'm the most skeptical of it. And then each of you had a special item besides that. Yes. Rick's had a necklace with the same triangle symbol on it, and he put it on, and it boosted quite a few of his stats. It was pretty sweet. Grouthoof had a staff, a new staff that was made out of this beautiful-looking wood, and when he took it, I told him he felt more at home with that staff than he ever felt before, yep. and it's it's able to cast, to grow a tree every day, basically a, a tree token every single day. Torque got a belt, like a WWE, like yeah. wrestler's <laughs> championship belt with the symbol of cord on it, and it makes him a lot stronger and it gives him some more health as well. And then you got actually two items. There was one on your pillar. What yeah, was that? That was a cup that if I say a prayer to Yandala. It was written on the it cup. It was yeah. written on the cup. Yep. If I can say it, it will fill up three times to be a cup with healing potion inside yeah. of it, which is a 3d8 plus three. It's pretty significant. And I think you gave it to us because it's like, you're probably going <laughs> to need that through the course of the journey that you're going to go on. Also, as I was walking away or turning away or walking around the other side of the pillar, somehow I kicked this item that was on the ground, and it happened to be a dagger that somebody was l- just left lying around. It had the symbol. It had the symbol on the, on of Oli Damara yeah. on it. <laughs> a smiling and a frowning mask. Yep. yep, and so what this does this is a pretty cool item. It, it has the ability to, if it crit hits something, I mean, it has to stay stuck into the creature, but it has like a charm monster or charm person or whatever you want to call it. Charm almost yeah, anything, charm almost basically. Anything there are things that it won't affect to that be, told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be very friendly. Yeah. So I think that goes for anybody that's in my party, too. I'm not sure how that works exactly. But, yeah, I think it's for anybody that 
the wielder of the, the dagger. wielder of the dagger. Yeah, but I have to leave it stuck in, and it slowly degrades. It lasts over for an the next hour, hour, so eventually, so eventually you have I have to get, to get the dagger. And as soon out. as you pull it yeah. out, whether by like you pulling it out or the hour is gone, yeah. well, no longer is yeah, that person no longer your friend. friendly. So this would be cool if we found like a giant and I stabbed it, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, hey, walk around with us for a little while, kill a whole bunch of crap, and then we're gonna kill you, unfortunately. But you know. <laughs> There's another side to it. There's another side to it. If I crit miss and I hit an ally, the opposite happens where they become instantly evil. Yeah. (laughs) And I think the dagger has to stay stuck in them too. So I would have to, if I pulled it back out, it would reverse the effect. But that still sucks because it's like, do we attack the person now? Do we? Do you get a chance to see we turn around? Yeah. Do we get a chance? It's, It's a pretty cool item that I almost use later on in the the place that we'll get to on a creature, but unfortunately my hand was stuck. And I rolled a nat 20 with it. And it's, <laughs> we'll get to that, but that was we'll really unfortunate. So after you guys had gotten all your equipment, put it all on, well, except for the ring. You didn't put it on the ring. I did Everybody not put else it on the did. ring because I was very That will come back yep. uh, because you didn't like the fact that there yep. was the identify spell. If it was sent just the else. ring of sustenance, totally would have done it. <laughs> yeah. But when he said, there's something else that I can't quite make out, I'm like, nope. And they're <laughs> all like, it. it's from the gods. We trust them. Uh, you, of course, had a dagger at your feet from old Damar. So yeah. you're like, I don't know. And I you're don't just skeptical of magic in, just, yeah. in general. After you're everything a, that happened with Wesley. <laughs> so you turn, you look at each other. You're like, ah, oh, cool duds, everybody. That's yeah. sweet. You turn back to the pillars. They're gone. Yep. Uh, you look around. You're like, whoa, we're back to the white this the white cool. space. Now we're like, what die. do we do now? And yeah. eventually you saw a door. So you guys head to that door and you step out side of the door and you're in this very pale sky area it's basically like the place you came from like white everywhere except now there's clouds like wisps of clouds yeah. and there are stairs these huge marble stairs going up 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 it reminded me of a really big version of mario 64 yeah. the forever <laughs> stairs that bowser the third bowser battle yeah i remember when you told you me that i was like i didn't think of that yeah. but i remember that and that's yeah. awesome i was really hoping that it's like you go up and up and up and up and up and then you, you turn, turn around, around and you're right at the bottom. Right I was like, no. Did that happen? No, it did not. No, you guys, did you guys decided to keep going up. Now, these steps were about three were about, feet yeah, high so each. It was big for crew. I mean, it was like half a foot shorter than what crew is. Yeah, and they so. were about 20 feet wide, so you could yep. sleep on them. Yep. And if you fell off, you guys didn't know what would happen because all you could see low. is white down. Yeah. But you guys, so you guys decide, all right, I guess we have to go up. Start going up. Eventually, the door disappears and you guys keep on going up. Do you get close to the top? I would think so, but we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like it, right? Yeah. So things started to get a little bit rough. Anytime you with spend the a lot of time with a group of people, and anytime you don't get food and you don't get sleep, I mean, they were fine, but, but you still didn't were, put on the ring. Tensions were still high, so like people fell off the side of the stairs, like. Sometimes they got they pushed got off the side yeah. of the stairs. Fights they got like this is like people started to lose their mind. Basically, they basically, were like, yeah. "There's nowhere to go. There's no color. And There's then, no so nothing." So some of you would be the voice of reason, like the God sent us on this quest. Like there has to be an end. Groundhoff remembered like having this vision of these stairs and being like, "There is an end." Yeah, I remember seeing it. Rix is like, "Old Demar is present in this in this pantheon. He probably tricked you. That's probably the vision." So you guys are fighting. You guys are arguing. Your characters jumping on that skeptical end. Uh, eventually, like you said, characters fall I off. I didn't put the Brown ring Hoof, on. Yep. I'm, yeah, <laughs> Groundhog has to fly down, pick up Ricks because he fell off. Yep. Or I think they were they got a no, fight. Groundhog tried to attack him, went flying past him because I think he rolled like he a, crit a fumble, a crit yeah. fumble, fell off, and Ricks tried to grab him, and yeah. so they fell <laughs> off at the same time. And Groundhog's like, well. He had already flown down at this point, and he's like, Saw that I'm there not was no worried. way out of here. Yeah. Rick's is screaming his head off, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, we'll just fall for a while. I can get us back up. <laughs> so they came back up, and 
as we were going, I was just super skeptical of this ring because there was that part that I didn't know. And so I was just like, just give me your rations. You guys don't seem to need them. I'll eat your rations for as long as, as possible. And we got down to the end of the rations and I would, I tried to go a couple more days without food. And I was just like, unfortunately, I'm going to have to put this ring on. But before then, Grout Hood, or uh, Crew Roar has started to sport a new look. Yes. He is trying, for all of our bearded listeners out there, <laughs> trying to grow a beard. And he has really long hair. He's not even trying. He's not even he trying. Didn't it's it. just it's happening. It's like you guys yeah. were like so like distracted and going crazy that eventually Grouthoof and Ricks and Torque realized, dude, Kruer looks different. He has a huge beard. Why haven't any of our hair like grown like that? Like you, you look like Last Man on Earth yeah. or like Tom Hanks from Castaway. Right, right. You're, you have this crazy, crazy unkempt beard yep. and hair just going down. Yep. And so because of this, you figured. I think we all know what the ring does besides the just regular ring of substance and giving food. Yeah, it basically prevents you from aging is what I think happens because they all look the same. Their hair hasn't grown. Nothing's really grown. And here I am. And I think you said I even like look older or something like that now. I don't remember if that was part yes. of the gig or whatever. Yeah, so I, I look, look older. Well, why don't you know how old you are? Because we have no idea there's what time no, it is there's or no how sun, long we've been in here. There's no moon. Yeah. There's no sense of time. In fact, as you guys are traveling up these stairs, because you continue on after this, you finally put on the ring. You're like, I'm out of food. I'm aging. I better put this on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys keep going up, and I just describe, like, keep going up. You keep going up. Keep. How long do you think it's going on for? And you guys, like, would answer. And be, keep going up. Keep. How long? How long? How long? And you guys gave me answers like months years tens of years and like all you guys are guessing all these different things well we don't know how long it's been because you guys have i all basically i said like you reach the point where this is your life you don't you're starting to forget the life before you're starting to forget everything from that previous life all you think that life is at this point is wake up walk upstairs wake up walk upstairs wake up we're gonna have really upstairs. strong lug muscles after this, <laughs> right? I say. beautiful Every, everything muscular calves everything muscles <laughs> i'm gonna start the first bodybuilding competition in <laughs> bodybuilders in Shemesh. of Shemesh. yeah <laughs> bodybuilders of Shemesh. so eventually you wake up one morning you decide all right it's time to wake the other guys up and you see something yeah, at the top of these stairs, there's a huge wall. Like, I think you said, like, 250 feet tall. Yeah. And there's also these gates that are at the top of the stairs. Like, this floating walls and yep. gates that the stairs seem to reach. You're like, is this is this real? Like, am I dreaming? Is this real life? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Um, and so we walk up to it, and outside of the gates, there's another little pedestal. Another pillar, box. yeah. Hmm. sitting on it a little treasure chest a little treasure chest we went up to the box and the box said later on it <laughs> and i i didn't remember this because the and if and if any of you guys have listened to the podcast in the past you might remember when they went to the the comeback in that's what it was the comeback in where i unfortunately was not there that week so i ate some bad chicken and blew up like a Floating balloon like a balloon they carried and it around the other guys dungeon. yeah they found out i don't know if they found out that it was Oli Damara that was the innkeeper yeah they they, they pretty much figured right. and all okay. they they finally get out of the comeback in cuz that was a whole ordeal great right. great story time go back and listen to it uh but you they finally get out and old is like good job how about a gift would you like me to help you now or later and they debated and they debated and finally they picked now which helped the, all you guys level up a level. Which was nice at the time. Yeah. Now you guys open up this chest that says later, and there's a little note inside that says, Good luck, fellas. Signed O. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are like, what? What? Later? 
huh? And then I think it was Caleb. Looked at, you like looked at me, and I, was I just like, started I don't laughing. Rem- <laughs> like I don't remember this at all. Like I yeah. don't remember now or later. I just start snickering, stuff. and finally Caleb's just like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah. oh no!" And like you guys left that night not knowing what the heck was in that box. Finally, Caleb realizes what it is. Uh, well, it's a map. Yeah, that would have been was in that going box. Going to be a map of of what the place that we went next. Yep. You go this. and you push open these huge doors. Yep. We had a whole ordeal with the key changing shape again yep. and stuff like that. And, and what is this place? It. it looks like a massive labyrinth. Yes. If you've seen the movie Maze Runner, that's what it looks like. And we're like, well, guess we just got to start going. We don't have a map, which would have been nice. But you guys <laughs> chose to go up now. Yeah, you weren't there that night. And so you're just like, guys, come on. I, I, I don't know if I would have made a different choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're able to blame them now. Hindsight <laughs> is always twenty twenty, yeah. And I'm just like... I hate you guys so much right now. <laughs> now we just have to guess. And I'm like sitting here trying to like map it out on yeah. a piece of paper. And I'm just like, I well, you're trying to map it out no on a piece of paper. It didn't work too well. Yeah. Hashtag magic Mark thinks I've got chalk and pulls out chalk. Bricks pulls yep. out chalk, starts marking. You guys go down a hallway. There's a dead end. You come, come back. back and there's these little like furry looking creatures yeah. who are. I described them where as. The chalk is. I described them as almost looking like those bush creatures from McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, they're they're black and furry little balls that have these just naked feet and naked hands, and they have a mask of old Demara symbol yep. on their face. Yep, and they are eating the chalk. Yeah, they're licking so it up like no it's like. There's no way that we can like ever. Cats with catnip. <laughs> yep, there's no way that we will be able to find our way through this without using chalk. We're like, we're gonna get lost. <laughs> Thankfully, we have these rings of sustenance because now we don't have to eat, so that's nice. So we can just keep trying and trying and trying. Can't be any longer than the stairs, right? And so we just keep going and going and going, and eventually we got to our first obstacle, our first big obstacle, with we saw these treasure chests at the end of one of the hallways. This is what I was talking about earlier with the, the dagger. I pre-rolled my attacks because you were like, you try to mess with these chests, there's no traps, but they transform. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I'm going to roll my initiative, roll my attacks. I rolled double nat 20s to crit strike. And you were like, oh, yeah, one of your hands is stuck to the mimic because you tried to touch it. And I was like, <laughs> well, I have to be honest with myself. It would have been my on hand and it probably would have been the one with the dagger in it. And I was just like, gosh. That would have been so cool to be riding around a mimic through the hallways <laughs> yeah, for right. a while. But you, you guys know, keep no going. Big deal. That, yeah, so that was the, one of the first things that was like, this place is going to suck. You guys yep. kept going. You reached these doors, yep. a, a lying door and a truth-telling door. Yep. If you've seen we, the movie Labyrinth, that's what they were from. We went through the lying door the first time. You almost made uh, the worst mistake ever. But our buddy Torque, who's actually yeah. a really smart orc, <laughs> came up with this brilliant idea. To who's now actually played by a real who's person. Now actually played by a real yeah. person, yeah. He was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My name is Torque. Nice to meet you. And then he asked the lying door, What's what my is my name? name? And he was like, uh, your name's Bob. <laughs> the other door said, your, your name's, name's Torque. We're like, we're going through go that through one. that one. Because you they saved were, us, Torque. Yeah, Thank they you. were like, if you go through this door, you probably will die. So lots more that happens in this, in this labyrinth. But finally, you guys reach this arena, this empty arena. And you're like, all right, we probably have to do something here. Yeah. You guys step into this arena, and all of a sudden, these glowing gladiators made of pure light appear. You fight them. You're like, ah, that was yeah, not, first that was round, not so easy. bad. They're, yeah. Like when you hit them, they explode into light. They're like, the great light, like, job. Yeah, yeah. They're like, good show. Yeah, like, right. well done, nice yeah. shot. And you're like, okay, I guess they 
you know, they're cheering first. They're trying to kill us, but right. And so you beat the three of them. You're like, that was easy. Well, they form into a big giant guy. Yeah. And you're like, okay, boss battle time. So they wanted us to yeah. kill them. <laughs> and so you you beat this giant guy. Yep. We're like, like, oh cool. He's we like, might be dead. oh, that was awesome. Good yep. job. And he explodes. And then all of a sudden, it's like colossal giant gladiator yes. with no armor, bare chested, big beard, kind of looks like. Basically, he represents Cord. Yeah. He looks a lot like Cord. It's not Cord, thank the gods, because that would <laughs> <Yeah>. suck. Uh, <laughs> We'd be dead. It was still a terrible battle. Torque yeah. almost died. Torque almost died. I got to use my healing cup for yep. the first time. Groundhoof almost died, I think, too. Yeah. It was a Grout. Yeah, I used it on Groundhoof, yep. actually. And you were like, I don't know if you can say that prayer in six seconds and you're. You you're proved wrong. me wrong. I proved you wrong. You were like, like yeah. I understood it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you <laughs> got right. it, dude. I do it and I dump it in his mouth and we found out like he was pretty darn yeah. close to being dead <laughs> if I wouldn't have done that. So finally. You land the you land the killing blow. You actually yeah, land the killing I, yeah, blow. I so well done. Blow. He explodes. All of a sudden, it starts this whirlwind of light. It all comes together, and this gem falls bum, bum, from bum, the bum, air. <laughs> Hits the sand. You pick up this swirling colored gem. It's red and blue, the colors of cord. Yep. Uh, and now you have this gem. It's you don't know Arkenstone what it does. Stone of cord yeah. <laughs> is essentially what it is. And that's where we ended that campaign yeah. night. And that's we're where actually we're picking, picking it up, up tonight. tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how what else happens in this labyrinth. But I think you have are thinking that there's quite a bit more here. Yes, I would think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you'll have to keep listening to story time for that. Sorry about the length of this story time. Hopefully, it's been enjoyable to you. There was a lot that happened. Crew are now sporting a new look, so yeah. it was well worth your time. Well, with that, let's head to the meet. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? Carving that! Just a mouthful! No! Looks like meat back on the menu, boys! Alright, so for today, for the meat, we are, like we said, going to talk about never-ending stories. How a campaign can or cannot and different ways that happens. We'll talk about the different aspects, but first we just want to basically break down how a campaign can quote-unquote end. And part of that means by not ending. Right. <laughs> the first way that a campaign can end is before it even begins. Yes. <laughs> now, we, one of the great things about this episode is that almost all of these we actually have experience in. Yeah. And so we feel very strongly about this topic because we've experienced a lot of campaigns ending prematurely in different ways. Yep. And unfortunately, what that leaves you with is a lot of regret and a lot of like, what could have been <laughs> like that that could have been a great story to conclude and to finish and it leaves your characters in the nethers of never ending stories either that or it's the fact that it's like that was an awful campaign i don't want to yeah. play in that like it's <laughs> that an awful idea ended, everything yeah. about it is awful and we'll yeah. have stories about all those different things but the first way we'll talk about it is just how does a campaign end the first way a campaign can end is before the beginning. Now, what do we mean by before the beginning? Well, I guess we'll first share some experiences that we've had that this has happened. Now, we have different people try out DMing at different times. We've had experiences where a campaign has ended 
before it's even begun. We had a campaign that began and one of our friends started up on Obsidian Portal, a campaign and got all this stuff together. We started like forum discussions on it and like, yeah. oh, here's us preparing for this campaign. And that campaign never saw the light of day. <laughs> yeah, it never, it never really took off. We had a lot of information that we were posting on there. You know, for me, the hard part about doing it online is that it was online. We were yeah. trying to do all of this. Trying to get excited about something online. Right, which it wasn't hard to get excited about. Some people but play it's like, online completely. So, right, yeah. but it's like the hour that it would take for us to sit down and talk about it in person was taking like five days. And so it was just that time aspect of it was hard for me to get into something that was taking five days to cultivate, you know, online. Yeah, so it's almost was, easier sometimes to go, we're going to block out this many hours, yep. sit down yep. and all together discuss this rather than an online thing. The online thing can be, can be great because you don't have to make that commitment. You can check in whenever you want to. And stuff. Right. Well, I mean, even if you do it online, something that I was just thinking about is you could do it like, you know, if you can't all meet in person, like if you're doing it through Roll20 or you're doing it through any other virtual tabletop, do a Google Plus hangout or a Skype conversation where it's like, all right, let's do this for an hour and a half, block out an hour and a half, Wednesday night or whatever, and we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about that. That way, you're all getting the full emotion of like, I'm excited about this. Like, we're, we're ready to do this. And it's actually all in person. You can see people face to face. You can hear their voice inflection. It's just, it's easier to get everybody on page and it's easier for your campaign to get started than it simply ending before it's even beginning exactly. and so there was a bunch of reasons that this one kind of fell apart before we even ever played part of that that i saw was we had discussion about well what system are we going to play right a couple of us were like oh we'd really like to try fate yeah we had talked about it a couple of different times and yeah. we were like this sounds really cool so a couple of us were really excited about that and a couple of us were very no i want to just if I'm going to commit to something, I want to play D&D. I want to play this edition. I don't want to go... Something that's familiar. Yeah, something yeah. like I don't want to learn something for something that is possibly not going to happen. And so there was issues from the get-go about discussion on, well, I don't want to play that edition. And the funny thing was that when we talked in person with everybody, it was like, well, I wanted to play that campaign. So even though I voiced my opinions, I would still play any edition like i just wanted to make it clear that i would rather play D D, or right. i would rather play fate for this reason or that reason but everybody had the mindset of well this it was just discussing right like but part of that like you said online aspect was that was not the way that everybody received it yeah <laughs> i know I, I, I heard that statistic in like speech classes that yeah. it's like seven percent of what is actually communicated is through the words it's like the 93 percent of everything else is like through voice inflection body posture all that stuff so it's like we were only getting like the seven percent of what was going and it's hard to formulate an answer or a discussion around that yeah know? i know in particular the dm was feeling unappreciated and yeah. angry and that was not the I'm, case at all no, and that yeah. wasn't what it was going on but he felt like well, if you guys aren't even going to be able to come up with a, a setting a, a system why am i putting the effort into this and so i believe that's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and basically obsidian portal discussion just got completely shut down everything got wiped yeah and everybody not knowing the feelings that were going on because of the text, that was all we could read. We were all like, why can't I get on a Obsidian portal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did it go? And so that campaign came to an end because of misunderstanding, because of reading text and everything. And I think there were a couple other misunderstandings with text and things. But there was this 
campaign that never happened because, well, in our case, it was because there was miscommunication. But there can be campaigns that don't come to fruition because there's disagreements on system. There's disagreements on campaign setting. There's disagreements on what the DM will or will not allow players to do, what the players let their DMs do. And so I think that's why we always say, have a, and we were talking about this before we even recorded, have a character creation night, which I almost want to now call a campaign setup night because it's more than just character creation. It's talking about campaign. It's talking about, and if that is part of the conversation, what system, what campaign setting, all that kind of stuff. And making sure that everybody's, you don't have to have everybody 100% satisfied, but coming to a point where everybody is going, yeah, I'm excited about this. And we all together said, this is what we want in this campaign. Now, as the DM, you can come up with story yourself, but hear out your players and find out what they love about D&D and go, all right, well, I need to some extent curve my story in a way that is going to have my players have fun, right. or they're never sh- going to show up for the first night because they're going to go, he's not doing a story, a campaign, a setting, a system that I'm interested in. Right. So that's that's one way that campaigns can end by not even beginning right. themselves. Ends at the get-go. <laughs> yeah. Or the second way a campaign can end is because of lack of commitment. This can be both from the DM or the players, or, or both. both. Yeah. yeah, it can be both at the same time. And so, like we talked about in the last one, there was some commitment issues there, too, where it's like, I don't know if this is really going to be good or if it's going to be bad or whatever there can be times where you just start going through a campaign and a player is just like i don't like this story other things become more important because i'm not invested in the story and so player commitment can wane they can just be like you know what there's better things that i can do with my time or the dm can get dming i guess if you want to say it that way and they'll they'll feel that their players are not vibing with the story their players are all committed but the dm's just like this is not what i thought it was going to be and so other things start coming up and it's just like things D&D just isn't as important as it was for the DM anymore. And so we'll share a couple of stories of, of both of those. Yeah. And, so, yeah, let's talk about let's break it down to DM and player yeah. and how e- each one can be lack of commitment that leads to a campaign coming to an end, an unofficial end. With the DM, I think uh, in in college, uh, you felt this with one of our professors that dm'd a campaign you felt that there was a lack of commitment from from the dm yeah i i me as a player and i understand he was busy he has what two he has two he has two daughters that are in high school and so it's it's one of those things that's just like he didn't have a lot of time and so he was really trying to i think he had i think he wanted to be committed i really think he did but it was just one of those things that it was like he just this shouldn't be the most important thing to him right now, and that leads and so into it showed our, through into yeah. our next one, which we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But life can get in the way, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and it was for good reasons. But wasn't committed to the game in the way that it should be. And I think that's that can be a really big issue. Yeah, because <laughs> I was I was really committed to this. Like I had plan I was playing a dwarf. And I was a dwarf fighter who I was wanting to get a riding bear for. And I was like, I'm working so hard. Like, I'm saving my gold. I'm not spending hardly any of it on anything. And I think I was only, like, a couple hundred gold pieces away from a riding bear or something like that. And it was just like, we never met again. And I was like, really? Like, or no, I think I bought it. And then I had to get it trained. (laughs) I had to get it trained, right? I bought a bear, and I was like, I need to get it trained. And then we stopped playing after that point. And so it was just like, oh, that was so frustrating for me, being so committed as a player to then have the DM not be committed. And so I think for me, the biggest thing is, is like, if you're going to be a DM, and I assume 
you are or you have some interest in being a DM if you're listening to this podcast, if you're going to start a story, do your best. And I understand things happen, but do your best. Coming from me being a player, do your best to be committed to the campaign because you're going to have players that are ultimately invested. And if you don't follow through with the story, there's it, it's going to be hard for players to trust you in the future to be a DM. The complete and told truth of it is that if it comes to a night and a player, for whatever reason, says, hey, I'm not coming, blah, 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 or a player becomes uncommitted to a campaign well in most campaigns the group can say well he's not committed okay we can still continue this story right we might need to fill in his gap we might need to retcon some of this because he did some really important stuff and him just leaving kind of ruins that so we might have to say oh this character did it or whatever this character has this item because he left and he still has the item right we might need to retcon something but the fact is the dm doesn't show up to a campaign night that campaign Nothing's is not happening. going to continue. <laughs> right. And I'll, I mean, if, if players did that, the DM would probably be upset and be like, what, you played without me? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> you don't know this story. So if you're the DM, please, from the get-go, make a commitment. Say to your players, like, this is for me going to be a commitment. I, I'm committing myself to this campaign. I know that it's going to take time, and I wouldn't take on this commitment if my heart wasn't in it and I wasn't going to give this the time that it it's going to commit. This right. also goes in with DM preparation. As a player, if you've played D&D, you can absolutely tell when you come to the table and the DM has not prepared for that night at all. Like we've talked about preparation for DMs and how honestly my DM prep has become a lot less in right. a lot in a lot of night sessions because I know how players work and I will right. coming up with every single NPC name, every single like town store and every everything in the campaign night that you think might happen ends up being a real downer because you're like, oh, they didn't do 95% of what I wanted them to do. Yeah. And then they wanted to go to a wig shop. Yeah. I didn't have a wig shop planned <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. That's improv. That's what the DM must do. But there is a certain level of you should be prepared and have a I think we've said it, outline. Outline the night. Don't novel the night, but outline the night. And so your players are going to be able to smell it out when you're completely unprepared and sitting down and like before the session going like, ah, just talk a bunch yourselves and you're writing frantically because you don't know anything or it's lack of caring. Like, I want to be in control, but I don't really want to put the work into making a story and a world. Like, And I think you've said it before. If that's your mentality, then run pre-made adventures but you still need to read them and still need to make right. sure that you're prepared in that sense because you're reading them to the table and spending three minutes every room break reading and because you don't know what's coming next be prepared as a dm be committed show that you're committed or your campaign is going to end because people aren't going to be able to handle it and like it or nobody's showing up because you're not showing up the best part i think about being prepared for me was something that i experienced this past week or this past time that I DM'd where we talked about everything that happened in, in Milner, where you guys like wanted to save Dwalem, and it was just like all of a sudden, I, I literally told you like three hours into this, I was like, this was literally two lines into my campaign. Yeah. I had three pages worth of stuff like outlined, or no, I think it was like two pages of stuff outlined, and we only got through two lines in like the first like three hours. And I was like, being prepared also makes you prepared for the next night if something like that were to happen. And you know? it's beautiful when stuff like that happens and you have to flex your DM muscles of improvisation. But like you said, it wasn't like, oh, I don't have anything prepared, so I hope that these guys I wasn't go off you the beaten trail that, yeah. 
and do all these crazy things that I wasn't expecting, it became honestly it was my favorite part of the night. Like yeah. we had a really great night. You had two really stuff. good nights was, for for Karab yeah. right in a row. Yeah, <laughs> but that was like the best part of the night because it was just so much like out of the box role playing for yeah. me. Um, that you just kind of went. I didn't expect this, but let's just do this. Yeah. It's improv. That's cool. And seeing you as the DM at certain points, be like, "What's he doing?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because we talked about instigator players, and I get, I, I totally. Well, am I, one of those. it was, it was funny because I had gotten into such like the bad dwarf that you guys were going up against. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Gimdal. Gimdal. At one point, when you like, when I figured out what you were doing, I got so mad as a DM because I was, I was into like playing Gimdal. I was just like, "You're freaking kidding me, right?" Like you just screwed me. Because I totally swindled Gimdal. You did, and I felt like you swindled me. I was just like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> I kind of did a little bit. You did, yeah. But then I was like, "All right, you're too into this character right now. Get out of that mentality." Award him for what he did because that's pretty freaking cool. Because I did it well. Cool. Yeah. I swindled well. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. But it's like, yeah, it's just, it was, it was I funny. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to work. I thought I was going to be caught right off the bat. And you can listen to that story time. But like, I was like, there's no way that I'm going to get away with using words and tricking people. All like Everybody at the table is going to go, you said this. Nobody caught it. And I was like, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the most greatest thing ever. Anyways, all that to say, yeah. be committed as be the Be committed, DM. be prepared. Welcome times of improvisation, but come to the table prepared and also just if you're going to start a campaign, be sure that you can commit to it because don't put your players through unnecessary preparation and even more than preparation, don't make your players excited for something that's not going to actually come into fruition, whether it ends at the beginning or whether it ends after one or two meetings. Right. That's that's really frustrating for players. And like you said, Chris, like it will damage the trust once you say, all right, I'm starting again because people go, uh, are you? I don't really want to do Shame a lot on of pre- me. You know, preparation you know, whatever for this. That saying is. I don't want to get ex- my hopes up because this is this is kind of your calling card. You yeah. have you won't be prepared. So going off of that though, players being committed is a huge thing too. When you sit down as a DM and you prepare a beautiful story, an amazing campaign, we understand it's frustrating when players don't show up. And so I think to just start this off. We would say when you play with the same people week in and week out, when you start a new campaign, I think a discussion needs to happen. A quick like, guys, just so you know, I'm committing to this. We meet this many times a month. I understand life happens sometimes. Our next point. Right. (laughs) I understand emergencies happen and things like that. But let's all just commit, me including as the DM, tell each other right now, I'm committed to this campaign. I will be here. My heart will be in it. And that's a great way to start a campaign just so everybody's on the same page going, guys, like we're all in this together. And when somebody doesn't show up, it ruins it for everybody in a sense. And so players being committed is a huge thing. And we've seen that not happen in many different ways. Yeah. And I think one of the stories that we can both share, and it's funny because it happened with two different people. You were there for both of them. I was only there for one was players not being committed because here's the unfortunate fact is it going back to that dm just isn't the right fit for the players right whether it's that that dm is very strong-headed and doesn't care about what the players think and how they want to play we've had issues with that where it's like dm was such a strong-willed person and you and me are pretty strong-willed and yeah. i would say that we value our story a lot oh but, yeah yeah but like there's things that i know we both do to kind of let the players have their fun even oh if i will we think totally it's stupid. i will totally reward creativity and yeah. like 
If it's but something you, that you like, like that creativity too. But yeah, yeah, like even you were saying, like me, Karab swindling. Oh yeah, like yeah. you could have in that moment been like, heck no, you're not pulling the wool over my eyes and been super proud. And that would have, for everybody at the table, screwed all the players over big time. And Honesty just... time, I almost did that. <laughs> I uh, see your cogs were But right. I was like, no, that's going to make for a really memorable story. I'll let, the, I'll let them do it. It oh, did. Yeah. And yeah. It was, it, honestly, I think that made the campaign go even higher in my mind. I was like, yeah. this is sweet. Yeah. But yeah, like I think that would be something, like a DM who possibly can't swallow their pride. But players can be not committed to a campaign. I think what we're trying to get is players can be not committed for reasons having to do with the DM. Yeah. Uh, we can both share stories about that. I, I know one campaign that we played in, the DM said, hey, like we, what kind of character do you want to be? And you would tell him, and then he'd go, well, you should be this character instead, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like he had a whole binder full of all these options, and instead of letting us play what we wanted to play, he basically corralled us into a corner of playing the characters that he thought was cool. And I know there that was a reason why he never DM'd for anybody anymore. Well, yeah, he, we played one time and then we were done because we were just like, I didn't like the way that he DM'd for many reasons. You well, had another experience. I, I had that. one where it was like he was almost too much of a player's friend as a DM. And what I mean by that was is like whatever we wanted to do, he would let us do. And it made to, it made it to the point where I was like, I'm not here to be catered to like there's no real story if i just get to do yeah. whatever it's i almost want almost like the flip side of that <laughs> yeah so it was like i wanted to like swim in the vat of wine that the i was a gnome barbarian and i was i was crazy like i wanted to swim in a dwarven vat of like ale and he let me i was like there's no way there's no <laughs> way that a king would let me swim in his own person like yeah there's no way and then it was another time i was like i want to get thrown by a dwarf 35 feet in the air and land on the back of the bad guy he let me do it. I was like, there's no way that that's going to happen. Like, there's no way anybody could throw a gnome yeah, 35 feet the through the air. Like, and, and then he's like, oh, by the way, his weak point is here. Hit there with your hammer. I was like, okay, I do it. And I killed it in like one hit. I was like, this is not fun for, there's, I'm not having fun feeling like the hero and then being force fed it. Yeah. So yeah, those are some ways. And honestly, those are players not being committed, but that kind of goes back to once again, like be a good DM, be a caring DM, take into your players, the account, but also, like you said, don't be just throwing out stuff to the players and saying, you get everything you want because right. there's no challenge in that. No, maybe some players will like that. But most players wouldn't. I would absolutely hate that. That would be being told where the one hit kill was would drive me crazy. Right. That's something that should be hard to figure out. Yeah. But yeah, so that there's those are different ways that a player can be non-committed because of their DMs. Here's the thing. We're both DMs. Yeah. We also deal with also players just sometimes people in general can sometimes just let you down. Yeah. <laughs> so players sometimes just aren't committed for whatever that reason is. We have a, a player who, quote-unquote, plays in your campaign, Chris. Played once, yeah. Played once, said he was committed, said he wanted to come back to D&D, played once in your campaign, and you've kind of thrown it out there almost every week. Hey, you coming? Hey, you coming? Yeah. And it's this mentality, I think, of, uh, yeah, I'll play. And in his mind, he thinks, if I have nothing better to do that night. Right. <laughs> And I think probably a lot of DMs have dealt with players like that. Well, and you start to figure out over time, too, being a DM, who is trustworthy to be committed and who's not. And that may be painful at times to, like, invite people who you're not sure about to figure out if they are. But it's going to take it's going to be a weeding out process because more than likely your first time asking people to come, it might not be their thing, especially if they're new players. It might not be their thing. They may become uncommitted just because they don't like it. Yeah. And it'll take a little bit of time for you to figure out who's consistent and who's not. 
And as a player, I think being committed is something you need to you need to commit to. <laughs> and the less committed you are to that, the more easy it becomes for you to miss and miss and miss and miss. Like I know this one person who we're saying has played in your campaign, like he's done the same thing in my campaigns. Like he would come to the table and go, I don't know what's going on in the story right now. So like some people would like roll their eyes and be like, all right, uh, Tell him what's going on. We give him a recap. A very like non-passionate, yeah, like just uh, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. But even then, and brief, this guy died, and this happened. Brief overviews yeah. are not a way for you as your character to get emotionally involved no. in the story. And that's that was part of the like. It became easier and easier and easier for that person to become uncommitted because right. they didn't give a crap about the story because they weren't there for it. Right. So who cares? Like, so they would come be interested only in their character. And it kind of was a disruption in the campaign. And so players not being committed can lead to one thing. If it's one player, honestly, the easiest thing is just go, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't play with this anymore. Right. Or you need to be committed because you're more of a disruption than you are part of the story. But unfortunately, sometimes all your players are uncommitted. And that leads to a campaign ending because... There's breaks, there's whatever, and people come to the table and then they don't even want to like get started playing. If that is something that you're struggling with, I think you just need to have a discussion with your players and say, all right, guys, here's the thing. I put my effort into this, but I'm going to work into this. Who's in? Who's out? We can't continue on in yeah. this way. And it will end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. People are fickle beings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, the next thing that can make a campaign come to an end prematurely is just life. Yep. And so this kind of goes along with the commitment thing. But the point here is that you can have a DM or players that emotionally, mentally, they're com they are the physically, most committed they're, players yeah, or DMs you've ever they had. They are committed. They want to be there every week or every two weeks or every day, whatever it is that you play. There are some people that would want to be there every day. <laughs> If you're trying to do it every day, you're going to have some commitment issues. There's yeah. no way that's yeah. happening. But, yeah, so, like, life can get in the way. <laughs> life will find a way. Yeah, life right. can get in the way. There's different aspects of this. Chris, when you were younger, you, in your high school age, like, you were yeah, committed like early, to D&D, &D, man. You were so in love with it, but life got in the way. Tell us about that. Yeah, I, uh, I was, like, I think I was, like, 13 or 14, so it was, like, my freshman year in high school, and I remember, like, we're coming home and being like, Dad, I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons. And he's like, No, <laughs> you're not going to play it. <laughs> Great, um, you're not. <laughs> yeah, because he came out of the age where it was like, That's the worst thing in the world. Why would you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? And it was also like, I was, I was committed. Like, the DM didn't necessarily want me to play or like me, but it was like, <laughs> I will play your stupid fairy character that you gave me, even though I don't want to play it because this game sounds awesome. And I couldn't make it all the time because I was 14 and I lived like 15 minutes away from school. So it's like I can't really walk home because I'm like five miles away from school. And I was too I was too young. I didn't have any friends who could drive. You know, I didn't I didn't have any of that. And they all lived like right next to the school. So they their parents didn't drive them and it would be out of the way for them to take me. And so I remember I had to like I had to like lie sometimes in order to be able to play. I would be like, Dad. Staying after to play intramural bat or intramural football, and then I was like, I was just in the library. I was like this. playing Dungeons and Dragons, and then it would be time for him to come pick me up, and I'd like run around the school a little bit in the hallway, go to the water fountain, I'd get a little, I'd face. get a little sweaty, and then I'd be like, all right, he's like, oh, it's football. I was like, oh, we won, we won, <laughs> hoorah, oh, hoorah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I was like, yeah, age issues can 
I just see like, some problems. You getting in your car with your dad and just him being like putting his hand on your shoulder and his little football player and just being like, son. And you look at him <laughs> with like guilt in your eyes. You're like, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of those moments that it was just like, you look kind of bad, but this is what you get. <laughs> So yeah, Maybe drugs or something worse. Yeah, <laughs> right. But you know, age issues too aren't just you know you can't drive or you know whatever it is. It's also like you know if you were to try and play like if you were playing like father and son night D and D or something like that, or if you were to play like hey, I'm gonna be the dungeon master for my kids and his friends, and we we'll have, have a couple of older people. That. It's yeah, such cool stories. It's, a, to it's hear. awesome. But I I've also heard stories where that doesn't work very well. You know where it's like you you have teenagers who their younger brothers want to play they try it and it's just like it just doesn't work out i just well imagine like like the dad of like a bunch of kids they've got sports games and things and he's just like flipping the table you guys are not committed enough. yeah right <laughs> yeah so you like can he's put all of his eggs in that yeah basket. you can just have age issues like things you would talk about at the table wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for a younger kid and so i mean you could run into issues with that where it's just age is a big factor also you gotta think about when you're talking about kids like marriage kids yeah and so we're at the age where we have friends you know i'm married you're getting married we have friends who are married we have friends with kids and that can cause commitment issues as yeah. far as like not being able to come because you have and to... those aren't bad commitment no, issues they, either absolutely not and those two things are way more important than dungeons and dragons it your should marriage be. and yeah. your kids way more important and so it's an understandable thing that that can get in the way. But that is that is the truth, is that because of marriage, because of kids, some campaigns might end because people have life commitments going along with that job. So yeah. Like, jobs not too many one. of us work at Wizards of the Coast and get paid to run D&D games and work on D&D. And so most of us, it's a hobby. It's something we do on the side. We love it. D&D has some of the most obsessed, passionate fans of True. any kind of game yeah. out there. But we all need to make a living, and so job commitments can put a real damper on things. Yeah, if you work first shift and your friends work third shift or exactly. second shift or whatever, it makes it really difficult for you guys to all get together unless it's on the weekend. And it's like weekends fill up quick, so jobs can get in the way during the week. At, in the way is probably the wrong word to use or the wrong <laughs> phrase to use, but they can they can cause you to not be able to play yeah. together. We as just friends. have a one of the players who's in my campaign, the guy who took over Torque, who yeah. originally was just this NPC that you guys had on your team and you guys passed the sheet around. He took over Torque. The reason he didn't play with us for the longest time was because two or three jobs. He's in the National Guard, so he would go away every now and then on weekends, and so he couldn't play with us. Well, he worked out his work schedule, and he started playing with us again. And that was one thing we had to say to him is, like, we want you to play, but you got to be committed. So you got to make sure this works. And he made sure it worked. He made sure to get Thursday nights free from his job so that he could play with us. Yeah. The other thing that can get in the way, and we experienced this quite a bit over the past couple of weeks, is, like, you can go through rough times in life. Like, I know I had family issues between my grandfather's health and, you know, my uncle with some of the things that he did. and. You know, rough times can just get in the way. And I mean, there was five weeks in a row where we all had something come up. Like it started with, you know, a funeral. And then it was like, you guys had to go to to New York. My grandpa ended up in the hospital. Then he ended up in the hospital again. And it was just like, there's so many things that's just like, I want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but bigger issues came up. And it's like, you could have things end if it... If that were to go on for too long or if it was a really rough stretch of time for somebody's life, I think that would be an appropriate reason for a campaign to end. 
but that is also one that could hinder commitment from your yeah. players. Yeah, all these are ways that a campaign can end before the real ending should come. Right. And this one's just one that, you know what? It might happen, and it's just something that has to happen sometimes. <laughs> like, there will be campaigns that end because of that, and that's just the way life is. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, there's more important things than D&D. Yes, that is very D&D's true. D&D's awesome and very important. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> awesome and fun, but unless you're working it as a job, there should always probably be things that you're more committed to than, yeah. than Dungeons & Dragons. Another aspect that could end a campaign early, and I, I suppose this goes along with life, but the move. A player or a DM ends up having to move, going to another state, going to another yeah, town that's both too far away. That. Yeah, and that is something that can end a campaign. Now, in the sense of one player, maybe the campaign keeps on going, maybe not, depending. Well, if it's a DM, it'd DM, be really hard to You know, somebody would have going. to step up and, like, take it over. So it doesn't have to end, but... For sure, there have been campaigns that have ended. I had a pirate campaign that I DM'd, an orc pirate campaign. It was a great time. And this was coming off of the back of another campaign that had ended prematurely because of issues with the DM. Right. And so this was – it really is just a funny situation because we I created this whole new campaign. I worked on this other country of my world where the orcs originated from. I had all these clans. The players got to choose clans. <laughs> we had like a campaign creation night where people got to choose a clan and right. you know, they got to create their characters. And during this whole process, we knew that Jared was going to move to Wisconsin for like six That's months. Right, yeah. And so we knew this going in, but we still did it. And this was, like I said, the, the, I think the biggest reason was we were just coming off the backs of another campaign that had ended and was just such a bad, bad way to end that we were just like, right. we needed our D&D fix so bad that we, <laughs> we had not even false hope because there was no hope, but we still just wanted to play. And yeah. so we, I created this campaign. It was so silly. Well, it was the way that we got together as guys. Yeah, you know? it was, but like, I don't know why we didn't just go, guys, like, let's just do like a one shot or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know what the thought process was. It was really silly. But because of that move, the campaign ended because we were just like, eh, we have like three players, one DM. We don't want to continue without Jared's character, who also within the story became a very prevalent part of the story. So yeah. that campaign just kind of came to a close and the characters have popped up in cameos and other campaigns. And, you know, that's kind of we all just sit around and go, what would have happened in yeah. that campaign? What would have been? And I know a couple of the players have said, I want to go back to Dorgatha. I don't want to be the pirate clan this time, but I want to be a different clan. I want to explore. So, yeah. so maybe, you know, we'll go back to that. I'm sure we will one day. But, yeah, that campaign came to a premature end because somebody moved. Just, just the way it works. Yep. Another way that campaigns can end is just because of the long break. We were in college yep. at one point in time. You know, over summer break, if you were to end and people move back home, I mean, that's Four months, yeah. three months, four three months. Four months -ish. That can kill a campaign oh, yeah. because you come back and it's like people just might have different priorities. They just might – they won't remember what happened. They won't really remember their characters depending on when you started it. It's hard to get into that rhythm again if you haven't done it for a couple months. Even a shorter break of like yeah. – we're talking about college, the Christmas break. Yeah. Where it's like we have to break because some of us are going home for Christmas, things like that. That can end the campaign. Well, and we even had that kind of this winter for us where we – I think you guys went home for three yep. weeks or two weeks, and we didn't play for the couple weeks leading up to that because we were both busy with, with our jobs. And it was just one of those things that was like, wow, I kind of miss playing that. And then by the end it was like – Oh yeah, we still do this, don't we? We still <laughs> we still play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, we got to get back into it now, you know. So it's like if you don't do it for enough time in a row, it can just become like 
maybe I'll go back to it. Yeah. You know? A campaign and, can definitely end that way. Yeah. That can lead to players, DMs not being committed because they're like, ah, that story's been so far off that I yeah. don't care about or it Or they just have so, other commitments at yep, that point yep, in time. Or yeah. life just changes. They realize, ah, I'm fine without it. Whatever yeah. it is, those campaigns can end. One thing that I've realized that's something I try to do, you know, we're, we have a very committed group. Yeah, we do. We've been playing enough years in a row yeah. that it wouldn't be. It wouldn't I don't be that see much a Christmas break or anything making any of our campaigns come to a close. I don't see that being the reason. But one thing I do do to make sure that, haha, to make sure that that campaign stays fresh in everybody's minds is when I know a long break is coming up, I like to end the last session on a chapter close or like a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger yeah. something that that's what the, they do in seasons on tv yep, ex- too, yeah. exactly i i've literally called it the season finale right. <laughs> like in mid-season finale is what i've called it back in college i i said okay christmas break is coming up. we gotta have our mid-season finale of our this campaign and so we'd leave it on this huge cliffhanger and the thing that happens is all the players all over break. They're trying to enjoy Christmas. Well, they can't freaking get this cliffhanger out of their yeah. mind of what is happening next. In Son Sebastian campaign, last Christmas, we ended with you guys like breaking into this huge chamber. And there was this dwarf character who had his soul switched into the body of this giant golem with a huge sword and a, like electric whip on his arm. Yeah. And it was like this big moment of a reveal in the campaign where it's like, you guys were trying to figure out where these golem things were coming from, and they were actually literally taking the souls out of different bodies and putting them into these golem right, campaigns. Right. This promise of quote unquote immortality right. to Karth Stormdale guy, the bad wizard, was promising immortality. Like, I can take your soul and put it in another body. We can continue life forever. Like, follow me and you will never die. And so it was that. And then we didn't actually have the battle. I said the golem, like, got up pulled his sword out, made his whip channel electricity, right. and that's where we ended. So, like, you guys all, like, were stuck in that moment of, okay, we know when we come back, we have this huge boss battle. That's when you actually jumped into the campaign. So the first night that you had was big golem battle. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that first part because I wasn't playing with you guys yet. I hadn't come back. But I remember coming back, and I was like, why is everybody so hyped to, like, fight this thing? It's there. <laughs> like, this is sweet. It's cool. But having heard that story, it's like, you're going through a whole campaign up to that point, and then it's like Carl Stromdale is, I mean, he's a jerk. Like, we found that out at the end of the campaign. Going forward in that moment, it's like, yeah, that's a huge cliffhanger that could keep people hanging and want them to come back after the after Christmas break was done. So we've talked about this next one a little bit since the beginning of this podcast. And one way that campaigns can end prematurely or possibly not even get started is because of people problems. We've had whole episodes about that in the past. And we just want to reiterate it here. People are problems sometimes. <laughs> people can cause problems. Problems are people sometimes. Ooh, sometimes. <laughs> people can cause problems within a group just because of personality. Clashes. Yeah, clashes. Yeah. I mean, and whatever you can think of, people will find a way to make a problem out of it. And so you have an example as a DM. I didn't play this in this campaign, but we, we've shared this story a little bit we, before. I mean, we've kind of talked about it with DM and commitments of different things. But, like, that campaign that we came off the back of that started that pirate campaign, the one where the person moved. There's this, this one campaign that one of our players said, hey, I'll try DMing. And Which so is kind we, of like, oh, that's cool. Like, we would love – like, we're not the people that's like, we want to hold control on that all the time. It started out really cool. And we were all so excited. And pretty much from the first night, and this this went on for maybe five, six sessions, but pretty much right off the bat, we were just like, whoa, this guy. <laughs> I didn't realize that this person, when put in a seat of power, had the 
biggest control issues ever. This was a good example of the DM being against the players. Like, he didn't want to see the players succeed because it was almost like he felt like he was losing in that sense. It was the DM versus players mentality. Yeah, there was things that he would just do that were ridiculous. I remember one story that always comes up is one of the players who was like a rogue type character like stole an object from somebody. I don't remember how it happened. Maybe I wasn't there. Maybe that's why I don't remember it specifically happening. But I remember we're like, this is like two, three nights down the line, and we're walking around, and apparently this wizard, for no reason, comes out of nowhere, uses a spell on the party loot, which I'm carrying, and <laughs> takes out the gold amount that it was worth, the item that was stolen. And I just had this moment with that DM, just blurted out, I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I was just like... I was like, you're punishing all of us? Right. But the party loot that I'm carrying, first of all, forget the fact that there's this this wizard character who has no point in the story, has never been shown before, who's apparently omniscient, who apparently right. knows that this guy stole this thing, that knows that this is the amount that it is, and knows I'm carrying that amount in my bag, and can take away the money in the bag. It was a complete and total... The DM is right now using his power to, you know, we we joke about, like, the DM is the god of the game yeah, because right. he can do anything. But it's like, you shouldn't do anything. And this DM was just like, I don't like that you did this, so I'm going to punish. And I just said out loud, I was like, that's not fair. You're punishing all of us for something that he did, which isn't something that should be punished in the first place. He stole something. That's what he... That's fine. Like, if you were mad about it at the time, you should have made guards appear and it not work or something. Right. But now... Two, three nights down the line, you're coming up with this ridiculous reason that this is happening. That's so silly. Like, don't do very that. Very fickle. Yeah. yeah. It was very ridiculous. And there, there was just a lot of, of these problems in the campaign. This DM started off this campaign by saying, this is, I don't know if we've ever shared the this story before, but this was have. the player that just tried to get away with things in our campaigns that were ridiculous so that he could be the strongest person in whatever his mentality was. I don't know. So he starts off this campaign by saying to two of our players, two of our players joking around like, oh, we're going to break your campaign. And he said, I welcome it. Just try it. Like, yeah. I want you to try and break my campaign. So they came up together. They, like, sat around. Like, I was roommates with these two guys. They sat up, like, nights, like, talking about how can we do this? Like, what are some things that we can pull over the DM's eyes to, like, trick him? And they did a really good job of it. And it pissed this DM off so much. Which I, I said to him, like, you asked for this. Like, yeah. You could have just said, for me, like, whenever I play any kind of game, I'm just like, Guys, like, stop trying to find loopholes. Like, I don't want to see right. these loopholes. I don't want to see these ridiculous things that really... It's not about finding the loopholes. It's not about finding the loopholes to break the game. If you want to find do, use cheat codes in video games because that gives you some satisfaction that you're not getting the full challenge experience, go for it. Yeah. When you come to D&D, &D, don't find loopholes. It's the most annoying thing. Like, oh, good, you found the loophole. Great, you know about the ladder trick. Like... Turn the ladder into two poles. Sell the two poles. More, you know, it's one well, the best part about it is his rules are simply guidelines. Yeah, too. So exactly. it's like, oh, you break a ladder I, in half, it's worth nothing because you broke a ladder say, in half. That's what I tell these players. I'm like, that's one of the biggest rules to me in D and D is like the rules are guidelines. Like you should use them, but if something doesn't make sense, throw it out. And so this DM welcomed this, and he got what he quote unquote wanted. And this guy just had huge control issues. So this this campaign did not last long. And it basically got to the point where all of us players, after the DM left, were sitting around talking and being like, did you have fun today? No, I have this massive headache. 
oh, that was so unfun. I just sat there and I was pissed off. Like we right. were, we'd just be sitting there fuming. And it reached that point where we were just like, why are we doing this? Like D&D should be fun. Yeah. If you're playing D&D and everybody's getting to the end of the night and people are talking about each other, they're not having fun. It's just you're all sitting there mad. You're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. You should not be playing that way, DMing that way, whatever it is. You shouldn't be playing D&D that way. Something needs to be worked out. And in that situation, it was a problem with people. And we've seen that happen with other ways, too. Yeah. Between players. like you've seen, I mean, you've seen it happen in your Azan Kazad campaign. We've yeah. also seen it happen in the Sons of Bastion campaign. Yeah. There are times, as the DM, I think both of us can say, whenever we've DM'd, the people, everybody sitting at the table that we are playing with, that our players in our campaign, we consider friends. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. um, that has not been the same for all the players. Although I might consider all my players friends, the players might not consider each other friends. And varying we've levels seen, of friendship. Yeah, varying levels. Yeah. And so we've seen that come to terrible, terrible ends where people are player-wise hating each other and making that come through every character. So these two players that just had problems with each other, there was just there's so many stories that just came out of this and they made problems and we would end the campaign and the air was thick. You could cut it with a knife. Like It was like, this is awkward. Yeah, tension was very yeah. high. I remember the first night that one of these players played with us, he got in a fight with like one of the characters and he was a druid. And I mean, this is a long story, but he was a druid. This other character had hair that he drank a potion that wasn't labeled and it turned his hair into vines and so he was fighting with this character and he decided well i i'm pissed at this guy so i'm gonna use his vines and i'm gonna as a druid make his vines start his vines in his hair start choking him out so he's like dying and the other characters are like up above them because they were in this pit and like draw their bows and light their magic and everything and are like we're going to kill you stop it and i remember looking at this player and i was just like all right, dude, he was a jerk. <laughs> he deserves a little bit of this. I'll give you that. I'm on your side with that. <laughs> right. But right now, you've made your point. You started to choke him. You need to stop. Right. You guys need to make amends or they're going to kill you. And this player just like looked at me with his eyes and a little smirk. And he just was like, I continue to choke him. <laughs> and, and I just looked at him. And I was like, all right, as the DM, I just gave you like, the silver platter, like, of warnings. Yeah, here's like, a way out. I'm on your side, but you need to stop this now. And I just said, all right, dude, but here's the thing. If you don't stop, I can't stop them from killing you either. I don't remember how that situation got wrapped up that he didn't die because I was fully expecting him to get shot down with tons of arrows. But he didn't die. But yeah, I wonder if he like, they, like, shot him and he, like, bled out or something. Or was bleeding out it, was or just, something. it was an awful, awful experience. And just, like, you could tell it was the players the going, of their relationship. Yeah, you could tell it was just players going into character and doing things in character to fight and argue. You remember the Sons of Bastion campaign. Same, yeah, ca we, same players. Same exact players. And one of them was he was doing his charismatic duty. We had to, like, there was an impending war coming. And we had to get the Ifrits on our side. And so we were making deals with them about, like, okay, how can we help them to become, you know, they wanted to control, like, all all like, the commerce, all the, yeah, um, all the this commerce country. in this country. That's how they joined the battle. And we were like, all right, we'll help you do that. You'll get a cut of all of the trades and stuff like that. Master trade Master merchant. trade merchants. But the other thing was is they wanted slaves. And all of us were kind of like, uh, I don't know about that <laughs> well, they, one. It wasn't slaves. They wanted human sacrifices. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Way and, worse. And all of you guys being good were like, I don't know no, about no, no. that. And, and this one guy <laughs> said. The one guy was like, 
All right. Done we'll, deal. Done deal. Where we'll do go I get sign? Some, well, he's like, we'll go get the nomads from the desert yeah. where people won't miss them. And we all were just like, what? Like, yeah. out of out of character, we were all just like, what the yeah, heck, like, dude? dude? This is That like, is so bad. We know we have to fight a battle. We know these guys are powerful, but we can't do I was do like, this. I guarantee you there's a way around yeah. the sacrifice because they're the Ifrits. They could get them if they wanted to. Like, And we were just like, no. <laughs> like, we can't do that. And one, But one of what the guys. What surprised me was how quickly he jumped to, oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't even try to. Like, yeah, <laughs> which was like, he's he's always had a problem with playing characters that were good alignments, but he's just like. <laughs> I'm just gonna play him like that. Been like a, I'll do what it takes to get what I want. He's like Anything. a, he's like a good character who has like an alter personality, like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde that it flips into every once in a while. One of the guys didn't handle it well though. Like he was just like, my guy's a monk. He wouldn't do that. I turn around and walk back to the city, and we're just like, that's like a like, three day yeah. walk from here. I don't know if we've discussed this before on the podcast, but there's this mentality that some players I've seen have that it's I don't like what's going on, so I say, all right, I I walk away. And if it's in a dungeon, I've seen it be like I continue down the path of like their discussions being happening, yeah. and then everybody has to go. All right, I follow him. All right, I follow him. All right, I follow him. We didn't finish our discussion, but all right. And it's like this: if things aren't going my way. I'm just going to keep going or I'm going to go back and you can either follow me or you can be stuck behind. Yeah. Yeah. I just told him, like you said, well, that's like a day's walk. So, all right, we're going to be here discussing things. So go for it. And he like was shocked. This is the first time I like really took action. Like I'm sick and tired of this. And your he was water like, skin will probably run out. Your food will probably I guess run I'll out. come back to the group. At the end of the night, I remember being like, here's the thing, guys. You have problems with different characters doing different things. Like, discuss that out. You guys are supposed right. to be, especially in that campaign, I'm like, you're in a guild. You're supposed to be brothers. You're not going to just say, I'm done with you. You're supposed to work things out. Now, what he was doing was crazy. And do you remember what happened that, like, when you guys said, no, we're not going to do this? The Efreets, like, laughed and they were like, ah, oh, we were just testing you anyway. Oh, we don't yeah, really yeah. want that. Yeah. And so he was going to give it to them without even questioning. And if he said no, they were just been like, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they think they're high and mighty. And so they they're were not just, diabolical. They were like seeing that, how though. far they could go with the getting what they want. Right, and that was right. not even something these Efreets wanted. Yeah. They just wanted to see how desperate they were. Right. And so this. This player, through his character, made you guys seem extremely desperate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is a way that a campaign can come to an end before it should. Just problem people. People yep. can become problems with each other or just with everyone. In the case of a DM or a player, it can go either way. It can reach that point where it's the last straw that breaks the camel's back, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Whether that happens uh, with out. the whole group, whether that happens with one person— and it just creates a domino effect. Go back to our episode on problem players. Maybe we, we should do an episode on problem DMs. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. This is the Dungeon Master block. But just try not to let it get to that point. And one thing that I've always said to uh, my players when I'm playing is don't be a virus. And what yeah. I mean by that is a bad attitude spreads like so crazy. Infectious. So infectious. One person sitting at the table, even brooding in silence... We've had that happen. Oh, it's totally where it's like noticeable. as soon as somebody sits down, like maybe they're carrying something over from the other day where you played. D&D, we've said before, can be a great de-stressor. So maybe you've had a totally rough week be. and you sit down and if that's the case, just say to your players, hey, guys, I've had a rough week. I'm here. I'm excited to play and let off some of the steam. Like I'm not pissed at any of you guys because a, a bad attitude can really – it can just spread. Whether it spreads and has two players bickering with each other or everybody's just on pins and needles and just like – 
afraid to actually have fun Hopefully and play. Hopefully I don't do anything to piss this guy off. Yeah. yeah, and so campaigns can come to an end because of that. So you want to try and shy away from that as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, another way that campaigns can end as well is because of TPKs. Yep. Now, I've, ne- I've never had one. Well, I have, but I've yeah. never <laughs> had one in a campaign that was going to be more than trying out the starter set. Yeah, I think we've only actually had this once when you DM'd. Yeah. For one night with the starter set. Yeah, yeah. we played the starter I set. I and- ever actually experience we've total gotten party close kill. we've got oh we've gotten close but quite we've a never times. actually had yeah. the full party kill in the middle of a campaign that's been going on for like a year yeah. at this point in time and so we we played through the starter set and we got into the first cave that you come across and there was those wolves that you guys yeah. were fighting up against you you like cast some spells and put them to sleep and then we crawled up the little cliff there and went up and you guys tried to sur- like surprise the the bugbear. We didn't, well, we didn't, the, you didn't we know it was out there. Yeah, you guys were. went up there, and it's like, oh shoot, there's like some. <laughs> and there's we, some guys we were like, sitting okay, up here. Okay, bugbear, this guy, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We didn't realize this is the boss. Yeah, this is the boss that you're supposed to go through the whole like cave before you get to this point. And so you guys were fighting it, fighting it, and then you got some of you like one fell of, back. One down. of us didn't make it up, and yeah. the wolves woke up. The wolves and woke up and started them. attacking them. It was a couple of you. A couple of you fell back down, and it was like, "Go back down, go it back was, down." It was pretty awful. But like one of the guys was like, "I'm gonna throw some of these goblins down and like try to hit," you know. So like you guys fought for a while, but then it was eventually everybody ended up getting killed, yeah. and it was like. It's a starter set. We were trying out 5th edition for the first time. It wasn't our actual campaign that was going on, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But can TPKs end a campaign? Yes, they can, and no, they can't. I think for me, it really depends on where you are in the campaign. Like, if you're starting out at the very beginning, it's like you could have somebody take over with other characters and continue on with the campaign or whatever. New adventures continue on with the quest. Yeah, especially if it's something that, like, a king has called you to do something. You fail at it, the king probably knows other people that can go and, and do this campaign. So you roll up new characters, and then you guys go out. But if it's like what we're doing now with the gods, it's like if we were all to die, would it continue? I don't know. I'm not you, so I don't know what would happen, Mitch. But in my mind, it probably wouldn't continue on as far as we are into the campaign right now. So yes, it can. It can end a campaign. And no, it can't. I think for me, it just depends on where you are within the story. I think there's an even deeper question here with yes or no that as DMs, and we're hopefully we're all DMs listening and your players aren't listening, but <laughs> yeah, right. As DMs, does that TPK end a campaign in the sense of TPKs? Yes or no? Yeah. Do we do a TPK or not? I think different DMs would have different perspectives on this. I'm unwilling to say yes or no, Mine but I would lean, But I would, I would honestly lean more towards the try to go no. <laughs> yeah, whether that's talking your characters out of it before they go into a situation. Yeah, and the reason that I dislike the idea of a TPK is because it can end a story. Like, sometimes it's just not going to make sense that new adventurers pick up the story. Players are not going to want to, with new characters, a whole new group, pick up the story because you've lost all basically everything that you've built so far. Well, you're going to continue on with the story, but their story's done. Like, they have to make a whole new thing. It might be hard to separate past character knowledge from the characters going exactly. into it as well. Yep. And you, you might have somebody who's like, well, I was a dwarf cleric. Now I'm going to be a human fighter, and he's going to exact act the same exact way because mm-hmm. that's how my character was before that. You and know? so TPKs are difficult for me because 
I love the stories I create. And so the idea of this big bad monster killing everybody, ending the campaign and being like, well, I'm not telling that story from now on. For the most part, that's like, no, I will not do yeah. that. And so I'll try to shy away from TPKs without the blatant gods coming down and saving people. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. There have been points where it's like it's been close to TPK. And so that wizard didn't use his fireball spell that he had left because it would totally kill you guys. And like I would give you guys like I'd give like the players a little bit of a like better fighting chance because I'm like, I, I am on the player side. Right, I want right. to see them continue. And we've had, like you said, close to TPK moments. And moments where it's like the players all freaking out, like, are we all going to die? Like, it's happened. Yeah. It has happened. And it should, death should be a real thing. Oh, and, it totally. And should there be. should be consequences. And there probably are going to be moments where you as DM are like, there's no way around this, man. Especially in the sense of if you have a bunch of players who decide they're going to do something that you've kind of worn them out of character about or even in yeah. character about, and they just are bullheaded and want to do it anyway. Well, if they've had warnings, if this is something they can't come up against and they try to, well, how can you get around that? There's yeah. going to be a TBK. Yeah, just I think for me, too, especially the way that we do our campaigns, we don't play in one continuous time on our timeline. We play at different points in time. And I think for me, the point in the campaign where I'm more willing to use a TPK is at the end. Yeah. Because the end is going to affect something within my world. And so if it gets to the point where it's like, if you don't defeat this guy, something bad will happen. Or if you do defeat this guy, it will prevent something bad from happening. I'm going to make it so there might be the possibility for you guys to die. Because I don't want it to just be like, oh, everything happens that I want to happen. Like, exactly. if I had it my way, my world would have the coolest stuff ever in my mind. But I want it to have the things that it's like, like right now you guys are fighting against the dragons. There's going to come a point in time where it's like, if you guys don't do what's supposed to happen, if you end up getting TPK'd, that's going to screw a lot of things over for the future of this world, which is cool to me to have that option. I think I would be more apt to use them at the end of a campaign than having it happen in the middle of a campaign. I would be more willing to find ways out for people in the middle of a campaign than I would in the last night. I think one shots too. Are a oh, one shots like, too. It's like yeah, you die, you die. Sorry, it's not a big. But when you're planning out a year or longer campaign, it's really hard to go. Oh, we got to two months in, and I have so much more story to tell. Well, we're yeah. done with that story. Yeah, throw it in the trash. That's that sucks. I wouldn't want to do that. I mean, there are ways around this ending a campaign. There's we've talked about on the death and dying episode, like the idea of really cheap resurrection and yeah. expensive resurrection. So, like in our campaign, like, this would not happen in this campaign because there's nobody besides you guys that really know about this. But if it is a like well known by the church mission. Like, maybe the church resurrects you guys. Yeah. Maybe your family resurrects you with the cheapest form of resurrection, which transports you in some other body. And so all of your characters are resurrected into some other race's body. And that, right. well, <laughs> this is weird, but we still Sorry. have to go on this quest. Yeah. Like, there are ways to continue the story. But the truth that we're talking about here is how do campaigns end? Well, DPKs can be one of them. DPKs can be a way that a campaign and a story ends before the actual way the story ends that i think is one of the most trickier ones because yeah. that really comes down to like there's might be moments where it's like this has to be the end yeah and so like you said case by case on that you as the dm have to figure out how is that going to go is this going to be a true tpk and also realize that if you make every single battle overpowered you're probably gonna have a tpk yeah. you do want boss battles you want battles that's like it's really hard and there could be a tpk but you're playing with level five characters and you're throwing three adult dragons at them well expect a tpk challenge rating don't be upset when that, like that campaign yeah. comes to an end because of that yeah so yeah tpks can end a campaign 
another way that a campaign can come to an end, and this is kind of funny saying it this way, but the campaign that is forever ongoing. And what we mean by that is in D&D, when your players are playing, when you as a DM hopefully get invested into your players, and Chris, you and me both as DMs, we want the characters that our players are playing to become part of the history of our oh, worlds. Yeah. Whether it's smaller history or in a bigger campaign, like huge heroic characters, right. we want them to have an impact on our world. So both from the DM and from the player perspective, there's this desire to create legendary characters whose stories never truly end. Right. Huge examples of this, I would go to Dritz, to yep. Worden. Yep. He has book after book after book after book. Twenty so many plus books, so many yeah. books that like his, he just goes on different campaign after different adventure after different campaign. Then there's like Elminster. There's all these characters in fantasy novels that they just keep on going. And they it seems that their story is never truly ending because here's another Dritz book. Here's another adventure. That's right. cool. You have these legendary characters. They are legends themselves. And so as players, as DMs, you want that kind of thing. And so maybe what you keep doing is you... You finish fighting this quest, and you just keep on going. You just keep on going. Yeah. Or you just make this one quest that, you know, I have to say props to the people out there, because we haven't done it. Nope. That have played in 10-year or longer campaigns. Yeah. That's we've, incredible. What's the longest we've done? A year and a half? Yeah. Something yeah. all about that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't have a desire to do a 10-year campaign. Yeah, I think I, don't I have way too many stories in my head yep. that I can't even get to at this point. But props to people who are able to do that. That's got to be crazy to look back and be like, I've been playing these, this character for 10 years in these campaigns. That's really cool. So props to you if you're one of those people who have done that. But the truth about this method is that eventually, this campaign, eventually, it might be over 10 years. It might be whenever. It might be because of reasons above might that be, we've yeah, listed yeah. before. See reasons A through, you know. One, but, one through eight. But eventually, this camp, that campaign is going to die yeah. because of something. One of those reasons. Lack of interest, yep. family jobs, problem players. We didn't do a 10-year campaign, but the Azankaza, the Dragon Crest Island campaign, the first campaign that I really DM'd was this, like, trying to build legendary characters. And they are legendary characters. They've made it into the history of my world. They've affected the world in big ways. But we ended, and it was all the reasons, well, people problems, I think, was the biggest issue there. Yeah. In fact, looking at the list, it was people problems. That's what kind of ended that campaign. Going with those people problems, one that we didn't talk about was just at that point, I wasn't, we weren't sharing experience as far as like everybody gets the same yeah. experience. And well, so we had level 14 characters with level nine characters. Yeah. Didn't work out. <laughs> Especially right. when you had people problems and characters would threaten each other. It's like, yeah. I, there's nothing I can do, even though this guy's being a jerk because his character literally could kill me so yeah i can't do anything so that came to an end those characters have an unfinished story players to this day who have played in that campaign look back and they're like man i would have loved to continue that and i'm just like well good thing we don't have people problems like that we did back then anymore yeah hopefully that won't happen again but that campaign came to an end a premature end we don't know what happened I've kind of tried to work that out in story of my campaign with we've had cameos. We've had read history books in my campaign that have told us what have happened in that story. But those players didn't actually get to finish that. Right. Yeah. You kind of finished the stories for them a little bit. Exactly. So that there was a little bit of closure. And it's not something that we can really go back to. Like, I don't think most of us want to 
go back to well that. it's been it's been enough years that it's like yeah. we're not it would be hard to get back in and remember everything that happened at that point in time. the unfortunate thing is if you have that forever ongoing story without any kind of end eventually it's going to die it's going to end prematurely yep now we'll come back to that but we've talked about all these different ways that stories can come to an end prematurely let's talk about stories being concluded campaigns being concluded in the way that they should have made it all the way through to the end of the campaign. Everything's gone smoothly for the most part. And now your campaign ended because you just closed it. So when campaigns ended, it's probably because they ended. You got, you have a, you have a good ending. And that can be anything from slaying the big bad guy or whatever. It could be boss battle. It could be finding the artifact that you needed in order to become rulers of this land. I mean, it could be any number of things. And so having the end in mind, and having an actual end to your campaign will is help one way is one that way story that a end. story can end. It does one thing, I think, for your players that every player longs for. Anytime you read through a book, you always want to have that closure. You know, there's been books or movies that I've watched that I'm like, I don't feel like I got closure on everything. I've read books that, you know, you just get done and I've seen movies where it's just like, I just feel like I was missing something. Like there wasn't that closure. And we talked about this with your Zan Kazad campaign where it's like, People are like, we don't have closure. We want to know what happened. Well, when that's you conclude, a, that's a really good example. Like, I could, like think of a book that you're like, man, I just wish this book didn't end, and it yeah. does end, and you're like, you're sad that it ended, but you get that closure. If a book never ended, like say, like you had a book that just kept on going and kept on going, but one day whoever this magical book author is just said, all right, I'm done, and didn't finish that story out. It doesn't matter how long that book is. That's way worse than the book. It is having an end, having a super long book that doesn't end. That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember a couple of years ago when Robert Jordan passed away with the Wheel of Time books. It was like, thank goodness there was somebody that came in Took and decided mantle, to write yeah. the last couple of books because there would have been a lot of I I don't want to say angry fans because he passed yeah, away. <laughs> yeah, but there would have been people that's like, oh, like we don't have that closure have that, that closure, we would have exactly. wanted, you know. And so closure is a big thing to bring to a campaign. Wrap up the loose ends. Story yeah. with everything. DM yep. having closure in his story. Players having closure with their characters yep. and where they went to. Yeah. Yep. Also, I think that having an end is an aspect as a DM that we need to strive for, and that's just having consistent storytelling. Yeah. If you're known as the DM who never finishes his stories. I don't think that's a good thing. If your campaigns constantly end because of any of the reasons that we've previously listed, that needs to be worked on. Like whether it's work that you alone as the DM need to do or you with your players need to do and everybody needs to come around and say, like, guys, I want to finish a campaign. Maybe, maybe you don't want to shoot for that year-long campaign. Maybe that's too long for you and your players. Maybe your players and you can focus better on, like, a month-long campaign. Yeah. And doing month-long campaigns and doing a bunch of campaigns that end that way. But having ending to your story, we've only actually had one campaign that's actually come to an end so far like a true legit ending yeah besides like one shots it was the year and a half bastion story yep. and i said and i remember there being disbelief in the players i said no this this campaign is gonna have an end we're going to close the story yeah we're going to end the story and players didn't believe me because we've had we had a bad track record bad all issues, of our yeah. dms have had bad track records and when it came to a closing like it was sad because we were done that campaign but there was also this like feeling from players and me as the DM of huge accomplishment. Yeah. I look back and I'm like, that's that's my masterpiece so far. Yeah. <laughs> like so far I, I have that completed story. Players have finished it in it. It was 
it's a great, great consistency in storytelling and it's great closure and it's just a good thing yeah. in general. And I would think we're both probably on our ways to yeah. both have that this time too. I don't think there's anything that's going to stop us from finishing this campaign short of like reasons we said before, things that you can't avoid such as rough times yeah. happening. Yeah. I I plan on finishing mine yeah. if I can. Both of us have have a goal in mind. We want to finish. We want to be able to look back and say, yeah, I finished that. Yeah. And I think for both of our stories, it's going to affect our stories in the future. Yep. But we want to have that conclusion. All right. So we said we'd return to talking about that forever ongoing campaign idea. There is a way that you can have closure and do a forever ongoing campaign. And that's the closing of a chapter method of conclusion. You can still have legendary characters. You can still have that 10 years props whoever does that kind of campaign. But I think the point that we're trying to say is, you know, there's Dritz de Warden, a character who has many, many books. But that's the thing. He has an ongoing story, but it's set up into different books, different stories. Yeah, so they're usually not the same story yeah, all the way through. An ongoing long story, the overall story of Dritz de Warden, the life of Dritz de Warden but different stories that he's a part of. And so if you're playing with, well, we want to continue to play with these characters, well, you can do that. But as a DM, make there be a chapter close. Make there be, you know, whenever they go on a different adventure, wrap up that first adventure yeah. so that when players look back, they can say, oh, yeah, that chapter came to a close. There was a conclusion. There was a closure in my mind of that storyline. Instead of just having it be this ongoing, like there's never any closure, never any closing, never any chapters closed. Yep. Oh, shoot. You started out on this campaign, and then you got sidetracked by another one. Then you got sidetracked by another one, exactly. and you never finished any of yeah. them. Yeah. That can be possibly a way that sandbox campaigns can be tougher yeah. to do in the fact that you're not having an overall storyline. I started off this campaign being a sandbox campaign, and it, in a sense – is a little bit of that, but I think I've just realized sandbox campaigns aren't my thing. They're hard. I, yeah. If you have an overarching story, it's really hard to just go forget about that. But yeah, that being said, having a chapter close, you can continue on with those characters and make story after story after story. Just have it be story after story after story and have there be a closing point to them. Just to wrap up this part, and then we'll talk about different aspects of different ways to end a campaign. There's four C's that I think... As a DM and a player, we need to grasp onto the four C's of concluding a campaign. The first one is commitment. We've talked about it at large. Over and over. Very, and over. very important to a campaign concluding. DM needs to be committed. Players need to be committed. I don't think we need to talk about it much more than that. Commitment's yeah. huge. The second one is consistency. And we've talked about consistency in story. That's huge. But also consistency in the real world, real life. We play continuously on Thursdays yep. because as a group, we sat down and we said, guys, this is important to us. We're all committed. Let's make a consistent day every week that we can get our jobs and our life like worked around so that we can play on yeah. Thursdays. Yeah, consistency builds commitment, yeah. I think. It's exactly. Like, they because, go hand in hand. Yeah, because you're not taking a large amount of time off. You're not forgetting the story. You're not forgetting what happened with your characters last time. And it's just you are able to continue on growing as your character and yeah. it builds that commitment because you feel like you're committed to that character there may be a point where that consistency fails and something happens like we said things happen life happens yeah. but if you build that consistency it'll be a lot easier to even just get back into that groove 
The third C is creativity. And maybe you're listening to that and you're like, ah, oh, like I'm I'm DMing my group, but I'm not the most creative person. Like yeah. I'm I'm not the greatest storyteller. Well, first of all, I'd say don't sell yourself short. You have a story to tell. If you're sitting in the DM's chair and you're listening to this podcast, you can glean. I mean, listen to this podcast. We give you ideas. Like it doesn't have to be every story. And you'll comes get better from your at mind. it as you go. Yeah, too. it really is. It is an art. Uh, but don't sell yourself short. But when I say creativity, I'm not talking about the ability to be a storyteller. That's part of it. But what I really mean is when players come and sit at your table and realize this guy did not prepare at all for tonight. Uh, his passion for storytelling, that's the key. His passion is not there. He really doesn't care. He's sitting down. He's like, eh, I don't. I didn't prepare at all. I think that's an issue, and the players will realize that and realize yeah. he didn't come to the table prepared at all. We've talked about preparation at different levels, and like you need to find your niche and where it's good for you of how much preparing you need to do. But if your players are coming like he didn't prepare at all, his creativity is shot, well, their passion is going to go down the tubes as well. Yeah. So having that creative mindset, having that passion for storytelling is going to be, from your players and the DM's point, very huge in a campaign coming to a conclusion. Even a passion for that that ending is something that's good in creativity. And the last one is care. We are not joking when we say this can possibly be the most important part. As a DM, uh, you need to care for your players. As a player, you need to care for your DMs. As players, you need to care for all the other players as well. That will build all the previous three, commitment, consistency, and creativity, yeah. and make it all tie together. All of you should care about each other having a great time. All of you should care about the story, both individual stories and overarching story. And that care will bring about a greatness in all those aspects and will work towards that concluding of a story. So we've talked about how campaigns can end prematurely this whole segment of this episode so far. We've talked about concluding for point number nine, and we've talked about ending of chapters. And here's some things how you can end that campaign or those chapters. We've got four. We've got four of them. The first way... Going out with a bang. Yep. This is the climax of the story. Your campaign I think this is ends probably on a high note. The most popular form of yeah, story. yeah. I would think because it, the climax of the story can in fact bring a lot of that closure that characters are looking for. You've been chasing this big bad guy the whole campaign. He's been doing stuff to you the whole time. You finally get to c confront it, and that's the climax of your story. That's where you end the campaign after that point in time because the big bad guy isn't doing anything anymore. You think of Star Wars, yeah. Luke blowing up the, Luke Death, blows Star. Up the Death Star. Yeah. Huge, literal big bang. The yep. story being like ended, the climax yep. of the story. V for Vendetta, blowing up apartment. Lots yeah. of blowing up. Like, yeah, literally yeah. going out with a bang. Yeah, yeah, you have the Avengers where Iron Man saved the city from a bomb by sacrificing himself, but, but he nobody knowing it, he ends up surviving. Yep. Yeah, uh, you have the Dark Knight for the Battle of Gotham, and Batman saves the city from a bomb by sacrificing himself, but surviving. But surviving. Well, it's really similar. Jeez, I wonder <laughs> if this is what all of the movies do, huh? But yeah, look, like it's it's funny because all of our things have something to do with blowing up, but like that big climactic ending, that big going out with bang, that big boss battle at the end. You yeah. beat that bad guy that you've been going after the entire campaign. That is a way that you can end a campaign, making that memorable moment or moments. That your players will always remember that wrap up that story. Yeah, having them go to chase all of the little minions around afterwards probably is not the best idea at yeah, that point yeah, in time yeah. because it's like you ended on a high note. 
and now we're coming back down. It's like, well, just end, end there. And I think we're both really big into movies, but that's a really good point. There are movies out there that you don't remember the ending, and that's probably because that ending was not very good. There yeah. wasn't really a big, like, thing at the end that, wow, I remember that. Yeah. You need to have, like, I think a big bang at the end, a big, huge way of going out is something that players yep. will remember. The second one, and this is something that we talked about very briefly on our Players Block episode, but is something that I thought about, hey, I want to do this, and I did this in the Sons of Bastion campaign, but having an epilogue. And I think this stems from just the idea of truly thinking of a campaign as a story. You've referred to it as a book, but like having an epilogue is, you know, character creation. You could think of that as a prologue kind of night. An epilogue would be that ending scenes tying everything together you could jump years into the future and talk about all the things that your characters did before their actual death you could end with your characters dying whether it's in battle or old age by their side talking to their grandkids or their son or whatever it is examples of this would be lord of the rings like there is that climactic moment at mount doom and then you have about an hour left in the movie, which is honestly my favorite it was part of the a movie. Great part the first the first time when I saw the movie, oh, and I, I cried, thought it ended, man. I was like just seventeen like, times. I was like, the movie's done already. It like faded to white. I was like yeah. expe- expecting like credits to come through, and then it faded back in. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. there's like, several more. several times they did that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, it's done. Oh my gosh, it's yeah. still going. <laughs> yeah, and like you have that big climactic moment with Mount Doom, and then the battle of the Black Gate. But then you have the Fellowship coming back together, and they're all like happy. You have, oh my gosh, that moment where like all of Gondor bows before the Hobbits. Yeah. So emotional. Oh. Like, I love that scene. But there's not action going on there. They go to the Grey Havens. Sam goes home and gets married and has kids. There's not action, but so entertaining. It's such a like, like we talk about that, having that conclusion, having that with your players and being like, all right. I, I literally, I think in the Sons of Bastion campaign just said, all right, we have a bunch of characters to talk about. Where do you see your character ending up? Yeah. Let's role play this and let's talk about this. And it was one of the, my favorite part of that campaign, having that yeah, ending. Cool. So having that ending to the campaign, that epilogue, maybe it's maybe you do it at, like after the boss battle, you just go into that. Or maybe you just set a whole separate night. That it's, this is epilogue night, man. You could do epilogue and then into character creation night on yeah. the same night. Exactly. Possibly uh, do that. Maybe, yeah, maybe your next story piggy banks off of this. And yeah. so it's a maybe even like somebody's son is the new adventure. And so it goes off of that. Yeah. And so you can have that kind of thing. The third way to end a campaign, and this isn't exactly a... These all kind of go together. It's not a, like, you have to choose one or the other. Right. But the Easter egg. Whoever loves Marvel movies loves looking for Easter eggs in the movies and loves piecing all the Easter eggs together and then seeing them come into fruition down the line in other movies. Yep. Easter eggs are great. They're huge. There's little things that you hide in the campaign. One last little scene maybe at the end. If you think about your campaign, your story as a book or a movie, like your characters don't have to be in the last scene. Right. Or they could be, but like something could happen in that last scene, like Thanos at the end of Marvel yep. movies, like where it's like, whoa, like huge Easter egg. I wonder how that's going to come. And so you can set that stage for, like you said, you could go epilogue into character creation. Yep. Well, you could have a little Easter egg that goes, this is going to happen some other campaign. Um, do you remember the Easter egg that happened in Sons of Bastion? Do you remember the sort of Bokab that you guys fought with? Do you yeah. remember the last scene? Like, Bastion, as we were doing the epilogue, Bastion was... None of your characters saw him, but he was in the background, like, watching you guys. Like, making sure you guys ended up. And then 
he took the sword of Bokab and placed it into this anvil, and there was three other swords by a tree. You don't remember that, mm-hmm. but well, anyway, that was it was such a short thing. But yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Magic Mark remembers it. He probably remembers like, it. But yeah. this last scene that didn't make any sense to anybody, but that interest of like, I wonder what that was about. Yeah. <laughs> The last thing that you could do as an end to your campaign, we did this during the Sons of Bastion campaign because in that campaign there was a lot of things that tied together. It was a long campaign. So many things that tied together in that campaign. And with that, there were moments where you guys would be like, oh, that that goes with that. That makes sense. But there were still things that, like, maybe people hadn't pieced together. And so what we did for the, the last, the very last thing that we did to close that campaign out was I said, all right, well, if you would like to stay... It's late, but if you would like to say we can have a roundtable discussion, you guys can ask me like anything about the campaign, and I will answer anything that I can. Yeah, because some of the things are not gonna, you know, I I'm sure Mark broke out his like round, round or, or flat, flat and I'm like that yeah. doesn't make any that doesn't matter in this campaign. Yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't really up. matter. But we had a Q and A with the players to discuss things. We had a time of just roundtable discussion where I was like, oh, remember when this happened? This campaign, and we just kind of like reminisced, and it yeah. was just so much fun recapping the story and. I highly encourage that. Like, I'm sure that a lot of you sit around and talk to your players. Your players sit around and talk to each other about past stories and stuff. Take that opportunity when a campaign ends to sit around and just be like, let's talk about this story being concluded. When our stories conclude, Chris, the Dragon Wars in your world, the Riders of Shemesh now, as it's being yeah, called, right, like right. campaign. Yeah. When those come to an end, I think we should plan on having a, for both of them, having a roundtable discussion and i was planning on doing an episode on each of them closing out a campaign so we'll kind of reminisce and talk about things and we'll release those for you as the listeners to listen to and just see how that goes but having a roundtable discussion if it's a story that had mystery as part of it and secrets of your world like having questions from the players like how how is this like hopefully you have players that are interested in your story and so that's just a, a great way to end your campaign it is And I'm looking forward to mine. Yeah. So going out with a bang, the epilogue method, Easter eggs being added in, and roundtable discussion. Those are four great ways that you can end a campaign and have it be just a memorable, memorable experience. Well, that's all we have for you uh, as far as never-ending stories, how to end a campaign. We hope that this uh, gets you excited to have stories that will have great conclusions so that you can continue and make new stories. We highly recommend trying to make a campaign end at some point. But with that, let's head to the mailbag. They've been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? All right, welcome to this segment of the Mailbag of Holding, the place where we share ideas, stories, and questions from you, the listeners. And so this week, we are going to be focusing on the stories portion of that list of things that we do here in the mailbag. This story comes from Legends of Tabletop. They have a website, legendsoftabletop.com. You can go to and view everything that they do. But this is a really funny story. It was right around the time of Halloween. Their DM had started dating this new girl, and he wanted to bring her so that she could see what D&D was all about and possibly adding her to the game. This story is so funny. I love uh, this story a lot. I, I love how they said a potentially risky maneuver at best. <laughs> That's what they wrote. And so they all got together after the DM was gone. I was like, all right, let's brainstorm some pretty crazy ideas. What can we do to, like, initiate this girl into our group? And so they were like, well, what if we all dressed up as This is pretty much hazing. This is pretty much hazing. <laughs> I read like, this story before concluding, and I was like, 
these guys are so mean. And, and then it you was like super and you're like, funny. It's funny, but, it was yeah. super funny. But so they're going through, and it's like they they all decided they were going to play as their characters. So they went out to Party City and got like helms and swords and shields and all this stuff. And they sent us a picture. It's really kind of cool looking. Uh, what they ended up doing. But so they they came cool by our standards. yeah cool by yes. our standards cool by yeah 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 so anyways the the DM like comes downstairs and like his girlfriend comes downstairs with him for the night for them to get ready to play and it says they stood like the girl went downstairs she's she was not told the to dress <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah she she was t- not told the to dress she turned around and like went back upstairs and out of the house never to return because the DM like stood up right and he was like he was like why didn't you dress up yeah, like, yeah, yeah. where's yeah, your like, costume why didn't you dress up where's your costume and so it says a few silent moments passed and he was like no no come on <laughs> we're like, just kidding we're just kidding but like yeah he said that she was like looked so scared like she yeah, just wanted she to was run like, away yeah, oh yeah she was just like uh, <laughs> what am I doing here? And now and so she's that, a normal member, yeah, she's right? A normal like, member. She, yeah, she, she went on to say it says we assured her that we were just fooling around and we had a good laugh and she actually wound up joining our group. So I was like, that's a pretty cool thing story. Awesome. It's like it's like introduction to D and D through hazing. I remember reading up hazing. to the point where he's like, Oh, it's so funny, she like looked like she wanted to run out of the room crying. And I was like, These guys are terrible. <laughs> but then they like yeah. were like, Oh, we're yeah, just yeah, messing yeah. around, yeah. which is really it was funny. so funny. So thank you, John, for sending that story in. If you want to check out anything that they do, go to legendsoftabletop.com and you can see what they do as far as their Knights of Dungeons and Dragons. Great answers from the greats. Hey, well, welcome to a new segment of the show, Great Answers from the Greats. This is going to be a segment of the show when we have on our Twitter accounts, actually our personal Twitter account, so if you want to follow that, I'm at DM underscore Mitch. I'm at DM underscore Chris one. Uh, you could get one, Chris, huh? Yeah, just regular Chris was taken, so curse you, whoever you are. Curse you. Well, we on our personal Twitters, we will be asking questions related to our upcoming episodes to some pretty great, awesome people in the RPG industry. And so today, the question was, why do you think most people have more unfinished campaigns under their belts than finished ones? And so we're talking about never-ending stories. And so this, I thought, was a great question to ask. And so we asked both Chris Perkins, he answered back, and Wolfgang Bauer answered back. So the question, once again, Chris, this is Chris Perkins' answer, is why do you think most people have more unfinished campaigns under their belts than finished ones? Yeah, and so he said back exhaustion, boredom, creative block, life changes, players leaving the group, which can be a really big one, and blimp attacks. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. The list goes on. <laughs> I love it. Blimp attacks. So, uh, thank you, Chris Perkins, for that awesome answer. Wolfgang Bauer answered the same question, and he says that uh, there are more unfinished campaigns because RPGs are about an ongoing series with the same characters. The sitcom narrative model, really. So Wolfgang Bauer goes on that never-ending story side of they should be the same characters making those legendary characters. And I like that he puts it into that sitcom idea of, like, TV show ongoing. You get the same characters doing different stories. I like that. Yeah. So thank you. We appreciate your answers. And this has been our first segment of
Great answers from the greats. All right, well, thank you. That's all we have today for this edition of the Dungeon Masters Block. We hope that you enjoy everything that you've heard about as far as how to end campaigns and how campaigns can never, ever end. And how they can end. And how they can end. Yes, and should end and have the best memories ever for your players. If you have any stories about how you have ended campaigns or any difficulties you've had in trying to end campaigns, you can send them to us at the Dungeon Masters Block at gmail.com. You can also, if you wouldn't mind, go to iTunes. We're trying to get to 100 reviews, and when we get to 100 reviews, something pretty cool is going to happen. So get your review in. Send it in as a five-star review. Head over to iTunes. And that, we are also on Stitcher. Follow us at Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can also like our Facebook page. Both those places will have memes and dungeon mastering Links to articles every once in a while. Awesome stuff all the time. We have a Patreon shout-out this week, as we have for, since we've started this. So exciting, Chris, so exciting. It's very uh, cool. This week's Patreon member shout-out is, drumroll please, Mark Cookman. Yeah, thank you so thank much, you, Mark. Mark, Mark is all a bronze support. dragon wow, level member. Nice. So, yeah, he gets, bronze member. Thanks, gets access to all of our bonus pods. Yeah, you're yeah. awesome, Mark Cookman. Thank you so much yeah, thank for you. supporting our show. Yep. But that's all we have for this edition of the Dungeon Master's Block. Please fully focus on the Dungeon Master, of course. The only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all the other players in the table. Have a good night, everyone. Keep on dungeon.